Hello and welcome to day 91 of our Bible reading course, where we're looking at another letter that Paul wrote from prison, this time to the church in Philippi. It was founded on his second missionary journey, as we read in Acts chapter 16, and was especially dear to him. Over the past decade, the believers there had taken a keen interest in Paul's travelling ministry, supporting him with both their prayers and finances. Hearing about his incarceration, probably in Rome, they've sent another gift of money with a man called Epaphroditus to help meet his needs. Paul writes back a letter of thanks and encouragement for their partnership in the Gospel. Today's passage is Philippians chapters 2 to 4. Let's pray. Lord God, there's an old hymn that says, Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word. So I offer this time to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you, so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. 
I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, 
will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the Gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the Book of Life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. After an opening chapter of thanksgiving, prayer and news, our reading begins by focusing on the nature of Christian fellowship. The Philippians are to be one in heart and mind, humble in attitude, valuing others above themselves, and placing others' needs ahead of their own, that one new humanity which we thought about yesterday. Their inspiration and example is to be the Lord Jesus himself, 
which leads into what many think is an early Christian hymn or poem celebrating the self-emptying of Christ and his subsequent exaltation to the Father's right hand in glory. This idea of imitating the example of others is important to Paul and reappears throughout the letter. In chapter 3, verse 17, he encourages the church to join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Similarly, in chapter 4, verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice. He also describes Timothy as being like a son to him, implying a learning and mentoring relationship. The influence of others is important. So too is obedience, not just to Jesus their Lord, but to Paul their Apostle as well. He taught them about the need never to rest complacently in all that Jesus had done for them, but to continue to work out their faith with fear and trembling. At the same time, they could be confident that God himself was working in them to fulfil his purposes in and through them. The Christian life is a partnership. A partnership with an objective, to take hold of everything for which Christ Jesus had taken hold of them, for which reason they mustn't look back, but like good athletes, strain forwards and press on towards the goal and finishing tape. For beyond that lies the prize, a prize that Jesus himself will bring to them when he returns from heaven to earth and makes all things new. There's such energy and focus in Paul's writing here. Finally, he thanks them for their gift. Already he's referred to the Philippians as my joy and crown, chapter 4, verse 1. And here is another reason for his affection. He expresses his gratitude and appreciation for their assistance, telling them that he's learned to be content in material terms, whether he has much or little. In the same way, he assures them that God will meet their own needs too, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You'd never believe he was writing from prison. Philippians is such a heartwarming letter, from which so many jewels and gems shine and sparkle. Perhaps I can begin this application section by thinking about those with whom I have shared fellowship and partnership in Christ over the years, in churches, mission organisations or projects, in my workplace or even my neighbourhood. Thanking God for them and reflecting on what I have learnt from their example. How does that famous description of Jesus in chapter 2 inspire me to live as a servant of God and his people? How can I train myself to think more highly of others and put their needs ahead of my own? Paul makes a big play of the worthlessness of all his religious pride and credentials, garbage or rubbish, when compared to all that he has gained through faith in Christ. How does this keep me humble in my own achievements and determined to keep looking ahead and pressing on for him? Lord God, my Heavenly Father, 
I praise you for the example of Jesus that I can look to and follow, as well as those Christians I've thought about just now and been inspired by. Help me, in some small way, to be an example and model myself, so that others would be encouraged to persevere in their faith and grow into all that you have called them to be and to do. Help me to be authentic and real in this, rather than perfect. I also take a moment to pray for anyone I know who is going through financial difficulties at this time, including those whose jobs have either been lost or are under threat due to the ongoing pandemic. Provide for them, I ask, including through any church they are a part of, and help them to bring their needs to you in the spirit of Philippians, not anxiously, but thankfully, and in the peace which passes all understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen.